Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Tuesday, December 10th. Good afternoon. Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sean Carey here. Steve, in a moment, will be in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, North 4th Street, Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors, Kia, on the Strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. If you subscribe to our podcast, we appreciate that very much. And if you haven't done that yet, just go to where get your podcasts, Google Play, or the Apple Podcast app. Search Steve Jones Show. Hit the subscribe button. And we drop the shows right to your smartphone and tablets. You can take them along. And we always have at least three months of shows archived on our homepage at stevejonesshow.com. Our email address, stevejones at wkok.com. You can drop us a line anytime. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter handle at stevejonespsu. Big Penn State football news. Yes, last week we learned that James Franklin got his new contract deal, but now looking for a new offensive coordinator as Old Dominion is hiring Ricky Ronnie from Franklin's staff. Old Dominion making the announcement last night after national reports uh, broke the story. Late yesterday afternoon, Ricky Ronnie, 39, Penn State's second straight offensive coordinator to leave for a head coaching opportunity. He had been promoted at the end of 2017 after Joe Moorhead left for Mississippi State. In a prepared statement, James Franklin says, First, I love Ricky and his family. It's a bittersweet moment for our program. I'm so incredibly proud of Ricky, and I'm super excited for him, his family, and Old Dominion. I'm forever indebted to Ricky for his loyalty and drive in helping us succeed at Vanderbilt and at Penn State. Ricky's a rising star in the industry and is built for this opportunity. He's a smart, open-minded, and talented coach. His humble leadership style will resonate well with Old Dominion's leadership and players. Before his two seasons as offensive coordinator, Ronnie served as an assistant coach on offense at Penn State, first coaching quarterbacks and then tight ends. He again coached the quarterbacks during his seasons as offensive coordinator in 2018 and 19. He joined the Penn State coaching staff in 2014 following Franklin from Vanderbilt. Ricky Ronnie coached quarterbacks there as well. The two also previously coached together at Kansas State. Ronnie's offense was ranked third in the Big Ten this season in scoring, averaging 34.3 points a game. The Lions were sixth in total offense with just a little more than 402 yards per game. Ronnie coached quarterback Christian Hackenberg, who set numerous Penn State records at the time, and tight end Mike Gesicki, who broke the school's receiving records for tight end and is now a starter for the Miami Dolphins. Other accomplishments include coaching the offense in the 2017 Fiesta Bowl win over 
Washington, where Penn State racked up more than 500 yards. We'll have more Penn State Ricky Ronnie conversation with Steve and Donnie Collins, our great friend of the show. Donnie, Penn State football writer for the Scranton Times Tribune. He'll be joining us later in the show. And also, we'll take a look at the business side of sports. We'll be very pleased to have Tony Knopp join us again at 406. He'll be joining us live, the CEO of Spotlight Ticket Management. Of course, you got Penn State basketball tonight. As Patrick Chambers said in today's segment of Inside Penn State Athletics, Penn State going up against top five ranked teams back-to-back nights, Saturday at Ohio State and tonight against Maryland. And in case you missed it yesterday, Steve had a chance to talk with the always outstanding play-by-play voice of Maryland football and basketball, the one and only Johnny Holiday. Uh, hold on just a sec. Tell, tell President Trump I'll get back to him. I'm talking to Steve Jones. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Good. Just tell. I can't. I can't talk to. I'm almost Steve. Okay. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Doing great. Uh, good. You know, I, I tell him not to call. What I. Yeah. But he doesn't listen. Though. What are you going to do? Well, he never has. Well, isn't that the truth? I mean. I mean we were sitting I, at, I have a choice. Do I talk to the president at sixteen hundred, or talk to you at whatever spot you are on the dial? I'd rather go with you. Yeah. I mean, we were having breakfast. Back in September, he called in the middle of that. I remember that, and that's when you had that. Uh, I don't know if your if your radio fans and your fan club and all the people that worship you understand about your. How are you feeling anyhow? Because when the check came, you had to go right to the men's room. You had a coughing attack. Has it cleared up at all? It cleared up the second you said you'd pick it up. <laughs> 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 oh, it's going to go this way, huh? Hey, listen, thanks for good to see you in football, too. That was a great day for us against you guys in oh, football. Yeah. Really appreciate oh, it. Oh, yeah. I know. I... Oh, boy. It was a nice you night, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but you've got a heck of a basketball team, though. I will say yeah, that. Wait, how, did you, how did Penn State lose two games, Steve? I mean, I know um, Ohio State's good, but, I mean, you, you guys are darn good. Uh, you know what? Couldn't they actually believe it or not? It's not the seventy-four. It's the fact Penn State couldn't get any stops. Ohio State was a one point four points per possession, and you know that's not how Pat wants to play, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and then of course they, they laid a hundred and five out there on you. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. How dare they? You know, well, that's what I mean. I probably shouldn't have screamed that out at one point. How dare you? Gee, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. I could hardly wait to. You know, we don't play them until February 23rd. I think we'll be ready by then. <laughs> hey, we got them January 7th, first here. Oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, Penn State's going January 18th. I'm glad you softened it up for us. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's, <laughs> I, I, I said to Pat later, I said, you know what your mission was? <laughs> Soften them up for us. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hey, what did the Illinois game mean to actually the growth of the team? Because they got into a dog fight and they won the dog thing. It means you're darn lucky. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. hey, sometimes that's I true. Think, I think Illinois did everything but win the game. Uh, we had the ball. We had possession a total of 27 seconds in that game. Yeah. And the lead. We had the lead for 27 seconds yeah. in that game. That was it. Illinois is, I think, much, much better than the record indicates. 
and they got a tremendous front line with a couple of guys whose names I still can't pronounce. But that Bialis Lisley or Bialis Lisley, and so is the kid Coffee uh, Coburn. I mean, they're, and Frazier and DeSumo. I mean, they, they've got a they've got a heck of a basketball team. And as Mark Turgeon said, if we play this bad and still able to pull out a win, and that says something about how tough these kids are. But it came down, as you know, just to a couple of big shots, one by Anthony Cowan to put that thing at tied, and then he gets fouled with two seconds to go, makes the first one, missed the second one on purpose. They got off a prayer, which I'm thinking if this goes in, this is not good, and it missed badly. And they were able to escape with a win that uh, – and another slow start, too, Steve. That, that's that been the Achilles heel for this team. Is They've never been able to really get off, except the game at Marquette and the game against Notre Dame. They really got off and they maintained the same level of play, consistency throughout the basketball game. But uh, here was another example the other night. They got off to such a slow start. We're behind by 14 or something like that. Mm. And yeah, I know. And one of these days, uh, he's going to catch up with you. That's what Turgeon keeps playing. It's going to catch up with you. And uh, this was very close to being one of those nights. But you take it, you're 10-0, you go on, and uh, it's always a challenge to come up there, not only to see you and spend time with you, but a challenge challenge. for the basketball team to be able to win (laughs) up there. Are you aware, and I'm sure you are, because you're a man of stats and a man of stature, we've only won one time up there in State College. One time. And that yeah, was in that 2015, was... and I was yeah. celebrating my, I think my 58th birthday in, in that particular game, and it was just, we were lucky to win that game, 2015. That's the only time we won. And and and, and the, in the post game, I was really touched when they said, you know, we we won that one for Johnny. I mean, I... well, they did, they did. That was Johnny Most, the late broadcaster for the Boston Celtics. <laughs> it wasn't for Johnny Holiday. I guarantee you that. <laughs> ask you about Anthony Cowan because you talked about what he did late. Last year when Penn State played at Maryland, Anthony hit the two late threes and one was about yeah. a 30, 30 footer in rhythm by the way. It was not a lucky shot. It was in rhythm. Right. What does it mean that you're that a guy that is a senior with still enough young talent around him that he can take over when Mark needs him? Well, that's, I think that's the key to this team, really, is, is Anthony Cowan. Even though he downplays it, he's the kind of kid that doesn't want to hear it. He's not interested in being on the koozie list for one of the best point guards, not interested in the Oscar Robertson uh, you know, knowledge this past week. He's not doesn't care about the MVP of the Orlando Invitational. He just wants to play, and he wants to leave here as one of the guys that they will remember as being one of the all-time great all-around basketball players in the history of this school. And he wants to make a mark his senior year. And you knew when he came back, he came back with a, with a different attitude after he tried out some of the camps over the summer at the urging of Coach Turgeon, go, don't sign with an agent, go, test the water, see how good you are, and you make the decision. And he came back, he came back, he put on some weight, it's all muscle, he's up to like 185 now, and he's chiseled, he's in that weight room, 
and he is without any question the leader of this team. You mentioned he's surrounded by good players, yeah. Jalen Smith is phenomenal. He's got five or six double-doubles already. 14 and 13 against Illinois. Wiggins is good. Ayala's good. Marcel is good. The the, the Mitchell twins, Mackay and Mikkel, I'm not sure which is which, but they're good, too. <laughs> so he's surrounded by, by tremendous players, but any time the game is on the line, I think the opposition knows it, and they're going to they're gonna get the ball to Cowan. People are doubling him, playing a, a triangle in two. They're playing a box in one. They're doing everything they can to take him out of it. And, he, and Steve, he, he plays within within the game. He doesn't yeah, he doesn't exactly. take shots that aren't necessarily you know good bad shots. He, he just lets the game come to him. And I think that's the biggest improvement he's had from last year to this year. If, if you look at his stat sheet from the Illinois game, 20 points, 7 rebounds. It was the second leading rebounder in that game. 6 of 7 at the line, 6 assists, 3 steals, only 2 turnovers, and he played the entire 40 minutes. That's an MVP player in my book. And the six of seven, keep in mind, was a deliberate miss. That was the one he missed. Was a deliberate. Yeah, that's miss. the one he missed. He's shooting. Yeah. He's shooting like eighty-five percent, I yeah. think, at the line. He's without question the top free throw shooter on the team. Seventy-six percent, excuse me, uh, the top free throw shooter on the team. But all these guys have had trouble hitting free throws and three pointers as well. And that's the only two real question marks at the line and from beyond that three-point line. It's been it's been less than uh, impressive, and I think what Mark Turgeon expects out of some of these good shooters like Wiggins and Ayala and Anthony Cowan. Johnny, a year ago when Jalen Smith entered at Maryland, many said he'd be a one-and-done. Yeah. And he decides to come back. Number one, how smart was that decision? And second part, how much better is he now because of it? I think it was a very good decision, Steve. I think, like Anthony, he went... And uh, he thought about it and decided, okay, I've still got some things to work on, the outside shot being one of them. He had to work on his free throw shooting as well. He had to put on some additional weight. And he's picked up some pounds, as you'll see tomorrow night. You know, sticks is up to about two, 215 or so. That's not bad. And he's bulked up. Uh, but I think it was the right decision to come back. Now, this year may be a totally different story because he's so he's playing so good, averaging a double-double every game. And he's scoring inside. He's blocking shots. He leads the team with 24 blocks. And he's, I think the extra pounds have really helped him and bang him with some of these big guys. Uh, the Ashnas Vili from uh, from Illinois, uh, that kid's you know like six eleven, and Kofi Coburn was seven feet tall and goes two ninety, and Jalen Smith you know hung in there with both those guys. So the weight has really helped him. His attitude is he's a totally different player, aggressive wise, I think than he was last year, and. Uh, I mean, they need that because they lost Bruno Fernando, who had a good game against you up there the last time we played there. And uh, so he's 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 a marked man, too, but so far so good. You win 10 games, uh, you're doing something right. Last year, a couple of the guys that are starting now had to come off the bench because you had that kind of talent. What kind of bench does Mark have right now? They have a bench that, in your opinion, at this moment is good enough to, to contribute, keep a lead, or does Mark have to rely a lot on the starters? 
Well, I think I think the guys he he relies upon coming off the bench, Dante Scott. Out of Philadelphia, he was the public school player of the year up there the last two years. He's a freshman. Then you got Hakeem Hart. He was the Catholic League player of the year in Philadelphia. He's a freshman. Uh, Ricky Lindo Jr., his, his time has been diminished because of the two twins, Makai Mitchell and uh, and Mikel Mitchell. And Makai's getting more time than Mikel is. We think Makai's getting more time than Mikel is. <laughs> but those, those primarily are his are his guys off the bench. Dante Scott, Makai Mitchell, Hakeem Hart, Ricky Lindo. And from time to time, even Sorrell Smith got in Gabe Mark against Illinois. And he's kind of got lost in the shuffle. But I think he's got his rotation down to probably nine guys that he can count on. Uh, maybe 10 if you throw in there, Sorrell Smith and Lindo. And uh, I, I think early in the season, he was playing 10 guys, 11, 12, 13, 14 guys in some games. He's got a big, big roster. And some of the walk-ons have gotten some uh, some very important minutes. Reese Mona, a, a kid yeah. that everybody in this, te- this team talks about how tough he is in practice, and he drives everybody nuts with his aggressiveness. He's probably the toughest guy in the weight room, has the best uh, bench press of anybody in the team, and he's a walk-on kid. And you got to have guys like that to make the other guys better. And Mark Turgeon's not afraid to put him in a game either. He likes the way this kid plays, aggressive, and and he gets him to the restaurant we're in, oh. hoping it would hoping it would be a restaurant you pick out with some kind of a trade deal that I wouldn't have to pay. Oh, uh, I mean, you have Sonics down there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I got my roller skates out in the car. <laughs> Okay, just so everybody knows, this is the way it always is. <laughs> can, can you imagine some diehard sports fan tuning in now? What the heck are they talking about? What are those two? What? They, what did they do? <laughs> you are the just a couple of guys having a good time who admire each other, that's all. Yeah, exactly. You are the greatest. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. I can't wait either. I got that $10 voucher in my pocket, too. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> and you know what? And you know what I'll do? What? I think I I think I have an extra one. <laughs> okay, that means I can really get a hot dog and a, and a bottle of water, huh? Okay, okay. you can go insane. <laughs> well, I tried that last year. I said I, I didn't have a voucher. I said Steve Jones said I could come up here and mention his name. They charged me forty bucks for two hot dogs oh. and a water. <laughs> Yeah, what, the, what was your lesson learned there? <laughs> Never mention your name inside that building. Exactly. <laughs> oh, hey, Coach Chambers, I said a lot. I can't oh, wait well. to see him. I will. Hey, hey Johnny, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night. Appreciate right, Steve, everything. As always, thanks so much for having me on. All right, my friend. Oh, All my right. God. He's Take the care, bye. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Sunbury Motors Kia knows they can. 2019 has been a great year for Sunbury Motors Kia. They need 24 new Kia sold to reach their best sales year ever. Buy a new 2020 Kia Soul S for only $17,549. Save over $4,300. Two SUVs you have to put on your list are the Kia Sorento and Sportage. At SMC, a 2020 Kia Sportage is a steal at $24,549. Save over $5,000.
$5,000. And a 2019 Kia Sorento S all-wheel drive is $27,999. That's over eight grand in discounts. Sunbury Motors needs just 24 new Kia sold to break their one-year sales record. And all Kias come with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. This little import dealer knows they can. Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Oh, did we ever have an energizing conference call this morning? It was great to spend time with Sean Carey on the conference call. It was great to spend time with Matt Catrillo on the conference call. And then there was the other person who just kept trying to tell us what his plans were. <laughs> and, and I said, I, I finally said, so what are your plans? And the suit, it's the suit's on there with us. And he said his plan was to go to Myrtle Beach for vacation, that he wanted to go to Key West for vacation, that he wanted to go to Southern California for vacation. Those are all his plans. That's not what I was looking for. No, we were talking about show plans. And at that point, he checked out. <laughs> Is every meeting about one guy? Uh, believe it or not, most most aren't. But that happens from time and you know time and again here and there to kind of break up the monotony. At least that's in his eyes. Then I asked him about when we're going to get the save the date for the kid's wedding. Oh. You'd have thought I'd asked about the Manhattan Project. (laughs) 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 Hashtag 2021. Oh, no. I put the phone down. I left. I came back. I had a sandwich. He was still talking. Yeah. So it was (laughs) terrific. All right. So you're the Patriots. Somebody explain to me why you need to tape the Bengals. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> Never fails. On a quest always for that competitive edge. You just never know. It could be the Bengals' day. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, it might be the Bengals' day. <laughs> <laughs> right now, the Bengals can't even win an inter-squad scrimmage. All right, so... <laughs> what was the line that Bill Belichick said, we don't knowingly cross the line? Yeah, <laughs> I always love that. Okay, that that's called legalist mumbo-jumbo. I, I just... It, you just have trouble believing institutions these days, you know? You really do. I find myself just being more and more cynical as time goes. The NFL says you sit there and go, really? The Patriots say, really? The videographer, I couldn't even tell you his first name. I, you know, on to Cincinnati. <laughs> no, wait, that's the team we're talking about. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Bill, in the, Bill, here in the back, that is one of the problems. You are on to Cincinnati, and that's who you taped. <laughs> 
me, why do you need to tape hand signals? You can communicate in the helmets now. I don't know. All right. Ricky Ronnie has taken the job as the head coach at Old Dominion. Uh, with that, we now bring in Donnie Collins, Scranton Times Tribune. Hello, Donnie. Welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Glad to be here, Steve. All right. So what were your thoughts on how this played out uh, for Penn State? It, it was one of those things where, I mean, if, if you asked me yesterday morning, where do I think Penn State deserves to go, I would have said the Rose Bowl. I would have, you know, I, I, I thought that their their loss to Ohio State at at the Horseshoe was was not a, a, a terrible loss compared to the two losses that that Wisconsin suffered against against Ohio State. One and one of them was you know at a neutral site. They they still couldn't come within eleven. So I figured that coupled with the bad loss to uh, to Illinois would would punt Penn State into the Rose Bowl, but I, I certainly don't think I could have argued the other side of that, which is Wisconsin beat Minnesota, beat them soundly. Penn State didn't do that. They they, they judged a lot of what happened in, in November, and yeah, and and they didn't penalize Wisconsin for making their their conference championship game. So so I I could I I don't know if I could legitimately argue Penn State over Wisconsin or Wisconsin over Penn State. It's just whatever way you want that to go. And that said, I I don't think it's really about the matchup because although the Rose Bowl right. holds a lot of prestige, it's it's really the matchup because Penn State doesn't lose anything. They go to a they go to a New Year's Six game. And Wisconsin wouldn't have lost anything. Uh, it, it's a tremendous honor to play in any of these games. Is, as James Franklin said last night, and you know, it's just a matter of the: Are you up for Penn State versus Memphis, or, or would you rather have had the, the the Rose Bowl with Oregon and the and the history there? I'm, I'm sure mo- most fans would, but this isn't a downgrade. It is. Uh, I've done this of late, and I've said, okay, let's go back into the time machine here, and what everybody was thinking. Uh, on four years ago today, December 9th, 2015, and then where Penn State is today. When you put yourself back to December 9th, 2015, and think about where everything is today, Donnie, what do you think? It, it, it's, it's amazing. I, I, don't, I don't think, you know, we're in, I mean, we're looking at a game in Jacksonville at that point, I, I think. Yes. You know, in the year before, you're at, you know, you're you're glad to be at Yankee Stadium for the pinstripe bowl, and 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 then you get a a game at Jacksonville against Georgia, and you know it, it's I don't think anybody would have bet that three out of four years they'd be in a in a major bowl game. I I I don't think that would have been that would have been thought of. You know, at, at that point, people wanted Franklin out. I mean, they, they were wondering what direction this program was going in. Was he the right guy? Um, now, now you're talking two yeah, twice in the. In the four years since, he's gotten pretty lucrative, you know, contract extensions, new contracts, whatever you want to call them. Uh, yeah, the, the talent level is, is certainly much higher than it was back then. And you know, Penn State next year, what you know, however you look at what how this year played out, next year was the year that that they were going to be a real contender. Now they were a real contender for two months this year, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure pe- people will be disappointed that that didn't work out. But next year was the year, so you know this is. A, I think this is a big game for them to to kind of you know they always say that that the, that the bowl preparation, the bowl game is really the first game of of the next season because they're they're just getting ready to 
to kind of you know get get some young kids ready and, and, and some extra practice and, and all that. It's, it's a great tool for that. And uh, but I, I think this is really seems to me to be the end of this year. Good way to good way to end it off in, in a big bowl game. And and then you look to the future. And and, and I think it's really really bright at Penn State. And, and you know it, I think I think it's just as fun to look four years into the future. Where do you expect this this program to be? And I and I think that fans right now more than if they said last year oh we want to be in the or four years ago we want to be in the college football playoff at some point in the next four years i don't know if that was realistic it is now right it is realistic now because of the stability you have at the top where obviously somebody who's done a great job of being the architect and he'll he'll tell you everybody else around has done so much of their part He's, he's always been great about that but i mean essentially he's the architect of this thing i mean it's his vision that people are trying to carry out yeah, and, and and all you need to know about about James Franklin's vision is that everybody else wants to have it. I mean, it, it, USC's job is never open, and he's been linked to it twice. I mean, Florida State, no no offense to Mike Norville, but if James Franklin wanted that job, he was going to probably be very seriously considered for it. So I, I think that Penn State fans, most of them anyway, see what, what, what he's done and see that it's been you know, just off the charts, 99th percentile, A++ grades. And, and what he's been able to do in the, in the last four years, and since you're sitting really going to, you know, in Jacksonville for a bowl game whose name I can't even I can't even remember who the sponsor was. Tax Tax Slayer Bowl. It's it's a it's it's just it's, it's a phenomenal job. You would never have thought that four year, four years after that game, you know, people they're going to be going to the Cotton Bowl and you're going to be arguing they should have done better. Yeah. Uh... Which is obvious that's interesting because some people will be thinking that along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they'll always think that. That's not, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah if, you're, if you're not perfect. I mean, it, it, the thing is with football, we're, we're, we're not, you don't see it in baseball, you don't see it in, in basketball. You, you play once a week, everyone gets jazzed up for that one game, and everyone, you know, you, as the week goes on, you start to think, hey, we can win this thing. And it's, it's, it's hard to win football games. It's hard to win a ball. But I, I think people really believe Penn State – you know, the, 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 a certain a certain percentage, I guess, as, as Franklin would say it, believes that. But but I, I think they did a, a phenomenal job this year. It, it, you know, nobody would have thought ten and two in a New Year's Six game at the beginning, of, even at the beginning of this year. Never mind four years ago. So but I, I think they've they've done really well. It's just you know everyone's gonna you know, everybody wants that 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 golden goose that 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 sure that apple that you can't grab. No, no, absolutely no question about that. Uh, just uh, some quick thoughts about how the college football playoff played out. Any, you know, I didn't seem like there were any real surprises. Yeah, no, I, I think the way LSU played, they certainly deserved the the, the top seed. You know, it's funny to me that Wisconsin lost the Big Ten championship game, and it helped them more than Ohio State winning. It helped them, but right, it but, is know, interesting. It, yeah. it, it, it's very interesting because I don't know how Ohio State was number one and showed that it wasn't anymore. But but I, I certainly am not going to going to argue that. And, and and again, it's just it's just matchup. And you know, I'd rather you know, I, I think Clemson is, is a good matchup for Ohio State. I think it's going to be a, a a fascinating game. But I think I, I'm, I'm shocked that Ohio State's an underdog, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I think they'll win that game by a couple touchdowns. But I, I think they're they're good matchups. I think Oklahoma, as they always seem to do, they lost at the right time, and were able to sneak in at the end. But but I, I think any one of the top three teams really could could win, could win this. 
you know, it could go all the way in, in this tournament kind of thing. And, you know, I think it'll be fascinating, really, really fascinating if LSU and Ohio State meet in the, in, in the final. I, I think that would be a, one of the more anticipated finals we've seen. Yeah, a lot of people have been waiting for that moment. It very well might happen. And then, you know, and then if, say, say, for example, Ohio State beats Clemson, then we don't have to hear about anybody being disrespected for a while. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're the defending yeah. national champion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> started the season number one. Now we're number three. He's he's an interesting guy because you know I, I, I sort of see his point because they've done everything that you'd sure. ask a team to do. Right. They just it, it, it's this whole thing with me that I I, I don't know if, if competition necessarily tells me who the best team is. Most deserving, certainly, and I, and I wish they would kind of in a way, when they're doing these committee rankings, say this, we're, we're ranking the most deserving teams, not who we necessarily think are the best teams. But you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see anything Clemson's done this year that leads me to believe that they're not on, on par with Ohio State and with, with, uh, with LSU, especially defensively. But it, it's just, they, they've, just, they've looked bored at times. And I, I, I think they deserve to be the number three team in this tournament. But let's face it, there's no difference between being the number two and the number three team at all. None. Just like there's no difference between it's, Oklahoma it, and, and LSU. It's uniform co- color. Yeah, that's it. Okay, what uniform are you wearing that night? I know he probably wanted to be one because he probably felt he would have a better time with Oklahoma than he would with Ohio State or, or LSU. I got that. Being the defending national champion means zilch. Because it's not last year's team. Last I checked, Christian Wilkins is playing someplace else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that doesn't mean anything. To me, we're now at a point in sports. I don't care whether it's the NBA, NHL, NFL, college football. Just get into the tournament. At that point, you can make your own hay. It doesn't really matter where you're seated. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I used to be of the belief that the tournaments didn't show anything. It just showed who got hot. But I, I don't know if that's the case anymore because especially especially in the football tournament where you, where you only got the four teams you know you have to survive so much just to get there you i mean you yeah you know one out of four teams or two out, and it's not always just perception anymore you have to you have to have the you have to have the the, the, the resume I, I don't think you could argue that these four teams weren't the four teams that that belonged in there. So, I mean, maybe if Utah right. wins and Oklahoma goes over them, yeah. okay. But Utah didn't win. So it, it all played out. And now I think we're going we're gonna to find out who the best team is. And, and that's why I don't know why Dabo's out there talking, because he could do your talking on the field. Right. Oh, I think part of that was him sending a message to his team, too. Exactly. So, <laughs> I, think, I think, you know, sometimes that press conference is not about the media. Time to oh, it, half the time it's not about the media. It, it, and you, you can learn a lot just by reading between the lines of those press conferences. And, and like, something I said earlier I think Dabo would agree with is they have played bored this year at times. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Hey, Donnie, always a pleasure. Appreciate it so much. Oh, no problem, Steve. Anytime.